0: Welcome to the prepare like a pro podcast every week I host live chats via YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high performance industries join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief the recent chats and announce the upcoming guests we drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday if you like the show please follow us on your favorite podcast app welcome back to the prepare like a pro live chat show my name is Jack McLean I'm your host I'm excited to welcome our panel members for this month's collaborative event, Australia's leading high-performance facilities. Our first guest for the show tonight is Lachlan Wilmot, the co-founder of Athletes Authority. And without further ado there, his topic is going to be on managing a high-performance facility for athletes. So welcome, Lach. Thank you, Jack. Thanks for having me, mate. Jumping on, we'll dive straight into it, mate. Take us through from a coach perspective. You've worked in high-performance sport at the top level as well as now in doing great things in the private sector. What are the pros and cons of, of uh, the two? Um, <clears throat> well, I think uh,
1: when I was shifting across from pro to private, I thought the hours might have uh, been a little bit better. But then, uh, then when I moved over, I, uh, I lost two of my coaches, we rolled into fires, we rolled into a blackout, we rolled into COVID. Um, so it's been a, a good fun two years in the private sector, mate. So I think uh, my opinion probably a little bit skewed, um, but there's no doubt for me, um, from a family point of view, uh, the hours are significantly better, especially around the weekends and everything. So... The, the pros for private are probably a little bit more controllable with ours. Um, I think one of the the big things people often ask me, do I miss pro sport and stuff like that? And, and to be honest, I think it's a little bit like uh, high school. Uh, I think once you graduate high school, you look back and you think, fuck, how good was high school? You know, socially, you're with your friends every day and stuff like that. You kind of forget all the assessments and all the annoying work and stuff you had to actually do. And I think pro sport's are a little bit like that. I think like when I when I watch the games these days, it is something that I miss a lot, game day. I think that that feeling of game day, the preparation of game day, there really is nothing like it. And in spite of, of working with a lot of really good quality athletes across the private sector and preparing them for game day, it's not the same when you're not in the team and you're not turning up game day ready to go. So that's probably a big part that's very hard to replicate. But... With all due respect, from that point of view, the the um, the culture and the community that we have at Athletes Authority is something that um, that you know for me the, the private sector is all about creating that 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 team sport feel within the private community. That um, riding the wave of success of each of the athletes is certainly something that. Um, that, that I love and I think um, from a private setting um, is something that, that we can do. And, and I think maybe sometimes, um, you know, 10 years ago, probably too many people treated it just like a, a gym and, and people turned up and trained, they had their own individual things to do and then they left. But I think, to be honest, with all credit to CrossFit, CrossFit's probably showed us what a community can be, regardless of what you think about CrossFit. And, you know, everyone that's on tonight, uh, you know, manage a, a phenomenal facility and, and realistically have a, a, an amazing community, hence why they're, they're successful and where they are. And I think we can all attest that the private sector is starting to build some really strong athletic communities that people can be a part of. And to be honest, that's what I loved about team sport. And, and that's what's, uh, what's building in, in the private sector.
0: Yeah, I love that, mate. That you, you mentioned community—is that something that COVID has almost raised your awareness on on the impact that facilities like yours do have an impact on on the community once you yeah. take it away? Look, I think it is. I think the the COVID issue was something that um,
1: you know, I look at, for example, let's take Anytime Fitness. Like at the end of the day, most Anytime Fitness franchises don't really have a community, but. They're all owned by very similar small business owners as as that's on now. Like, I mean, they they paid X amount for a franchise. They're a small business owner. They're they're not the juggernaut that is fitness first or virgin active that's owned by a multinational corporation. They are small business owners. And and when COVID hit, they shut down. And, and guess what? no one was around to, to support them. No, no community was there to really back them because that they probably didn't have the same community as the, the people that are on now. And, um, you know, when it looks like for me anyway, I'm not an emotional person, but, um, but I must admit when we got pushed into lockdown, our, our athletes made a video for us and so many got around us and supported us and stuff like that and for me that was um that was unbelievable so um, i think the the community is not necessarily i don't necessarily think covid created it but it certainly probably identified
0: the power of it and and how strong our community is um, without actually realizing yeah and and you mentioned a little bit earlier something i picked up on was making impact with the athletes do you feel oh no you miss game day and that makes a lot of sense with from a from a competitive point of view, and, and everyone all in on on game day performance, that is hard to replicate. But from a from a making an impact as a coach, do you feel like the private sector you actually move the needle a lot more with the, with the athlete's development?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. You do. I think I've. I... In professional sport, you—you know, as strength conditioning coaches, we probably have a a percentage of athletes that we impact more than others. Typically, when it comes to the the superstars that are very talented, our influence on them can often be less. The older athlete, often our influence can be sustaining careers for a little bit longer. But obviously in the AFL was a classic example. We were getting athletes at 17 and nine months Um, to be able to influence them was really big. And that's what we do in the private sector. You know, we, we get these athletes that's sometimes as young as nine years of age, and we can have a huge influence on their routine, their habit, what they value, why they value it. And I think as well, that's what the private sector can be quite powerful with, that we can bring in these 10, 11 year olds and they can look across the facility, especially, you know, I can only speak for hours, but I know a lot of the facilities on here are similar, that they'll have a high performing elite senior athlete that may be in the same sport Uh, maybe even in the same position that this young athlete's at and they can look across the room and go geez well that's what I want to be like that's what I need to get to and and their value on strength conditioning increases significantly versus that 10 year old 11 year old going to a fitness first or a virgin active and just doing weights Um, I think they can start to see that the process that values and that's what you get in pro sport you get a, a 17 18 year old coming to your club and they want to play midfield and they see a 25, 26-year-old midfielder might be you know, bench pressing 120 kilos or squatting or jumping or, or throwing med balls around and going, you know, that's that's what I need to do to be that good. I think we can influence that in the private sector far more than your average gym. And I think obviously the people that are on here, you can see that the average gym is now changing because these are performance facilities. These are ones that are that are going to govern our
0: young athletes and build them into something more. Yeah, it's exciting, mate. It's uh, something we're talking about off air about, you know, when you look at this panel compared to 10 years ago in Australia, how, how fast we are catching the American culture with, with private sector, which is um, maybe something at the end of discussion if we get time for, it would be good to hear everyone's thoughts around that and how fast we are gaining on it in America in that space. We're not getting any attractive, mate, but we're certainly improving our performance, I think, by the looks of it. <laughs> Too much time uh, put in, in coaching, making everyone else looking better, hey? Yeah. <laughs> We're enjoying this episode with co-founder of Athlete's Authority, Lachlan Wilmot. We're just going to take a quick break to hear a snippet of our full interview with Lachlan Wilmot, number 25 on the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. What would be, like for the guys that you've seen at the highest level, whether it be rugby uh, or, or at GWS, What were some traits that you noticed? It can be outside of training as well in terms of lifestyle and mindset, but what were some traits that you noticed that also you try and work on with with developing footballers?
1: Yeah, so probably outside of your pure strength and conditioning side, I think the the number one trait that I see in just elite players and elite teams is confidence, almost arrogance, that their best will beat anyone and there's a big difference between that where people are confident or arrogant that they're going to win versus people are confident arrogant that their hardest work will win because yes. i see teams all the time that that get confident that they're going to win and that was that was Parramatta the first year i went there they were so confident they were going to win that they didn't work hard versus yes. confident that your best will win because if you're arrogant to the point of like confidence to the point of arrogance that that you, your best will beat anyone, then you're always going to work hard and most of the time you get a win because everyone's working
0: hard. To hear more from Lachlan Wilmot, make sure to scroll to episode 25 on the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Now back to the bite-sized episode with co-founder of Athlete Authority. Hope you enjoy. What about for the coach's perspective? Like, do you feel from a development point of view, if you had to pick one to start with, would you prefer developing yourself in the high-performance sport Realm, or do you think private sector is a better place to start? Uh, t-
1: to be brutally honest, I, I think it's six or one, half another of the other. I, I don't think, I don't think the category is the maker. It's the coaches around you that will make it. Um, if you're in high performance sport with terrible people, it's not great. By the same token, if you're in the private sector with terrible people, it's not great. I do believe when it comes to a lot of young coaches at the moment, um, I, I still. And to be honest, I don't think it's going to change. I think the the shininess of a, a pro sport logo is always going to be attractive to coaches. And that's not to say it shouldn't be. I, I think there's a lot of amazing things in pro sport. Like, I mean, the, the experiences I had were phenomenal. But again, it, it depends who you're with. You know, I've, I've got a young coach that work, works at my, my facility that... Um, that, that worked in the private sector, wanted to give pro sport a go, um, gave it a go, didn't like it, and now come, has come back. And for me, that's, that's the powerful part, that I would always prefer a coach that went to pro sport, didn't like it, and has come back and has to rebuild a little bit, rather than a, a young coach that has always got that desire to go, oh, well, I want to give pro sport a go, but I'm not sure whether I'll like it or not. So, so look, I, I don't think... There's one or the other. I think it's got to be based on the the environment you're going into and the coaches you're with. So whether it's private, whether it's pro, I think both have amazing positives and negatives in a certain extent. But realistically, it's quality people. You know, again, referring back to the panel here, if you're lucky enough to work with some of the people on this panel, well, amazing. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean pro sport's going to be better. But by the same token, if you get an opportunity in pro sport and there's there's good quality people, um, you know, one of my best mates, Selwyn Griffith, he's at Melbourne at the moment. Um, like, if you've got an opportunity to work in that environment with him, fantastic. I'd, I'd say take it any day of the week. But it's probably down to the people and the community within the performance setting um, so the physios that are going to be working there, the strength conditioning coaches, the high performance manager, to an extent the head coach, what do, what do they believe in, what, what do they want to push? And it's the same with private setting. You know, If you've got good quality people around, oh, I'd say it, it, you can't go wrong
0: regardless. Yeah, awesome, mate. Thanks, thanks for shedding light on that. And then, in terms of for the coaches listening in, do you feel, in your experience, there's personality traits and uh, coaching skill sets that are more suited to private sector compared to hubfront sport, or do you think a good coach is a good coach? Personally, I think uh,
1: I think a good coach is a good coach. I've got Woody here trying to wrap me up, so clearly, uh, clearly his use of the voice is terrible because he's trying to text here. But we can we can certainly think I think from a from a A private and a pro, my strongest coaches are those ones that have had experience in team environments. Now, that's not to put down anyone that works individual, but our environment is on a gym floor in group settings. So my strongest coaches are those ones that have worked in group settings. Um, That doesn't mean it has to be pro, but it certainly has to be at a level where they have to control a team environment. I probably find that the people that go into the, the private setting um, need to have a far more sales orientated influence because at the end of the day, they actually need to sell the service a little bit more. In a, an environment of professional, they don't need to go out and get sales, but you still need to sell what you're doing to the athlete. They are very similar, but they're also very different in nature. So um, I would probably say if you want to go into the private setting, you've got to have a little bit of mongrel about you, about going out and getting leads and attracting people, attracting teams, attracting individuals. If you're in the pro setting, uh, you probably need to work out how you sell your program more than sell a company or get leads in. So I don't think that really answers it very well for you but I think it's summary, there is no specific trait that I think is going to transfer better to pro, better to private because like I said at the beginning, the facilities on here and my facility as well, our whole goal is to start to breed a performance mentality um, and that's exactly what we do in the pro setting, exactly what you do in the private setting. So I think the carryover and the crossovers way too familiar, but if you had to pick one nuance, it would probably be when you're in the private setting, you've got to try and sell the company more um, and get that name out there. In the pro setting, you've probably got to sell your program a little bit more to the individuals.
0: Yeah, yeah, that no, makes sense. The, like you said, s- similar goals in mind, but one's commercial uh, and then one's more, I guess, performance-based, but it's the the traits are transferable, which is probably the main thing for coaches listening. You're going to benefit development-wise by being in a good environment, like you said, in, in both settings. So, no, I love it, mate. Love your work. For, for those listening in that are a coach or an athlete, where can we find Athlete's Authority and um, what is the best place to get in contact with you guys? At
1: the uh, the old socials are probably the easiest, on uh, Instagram, at Athlete's Authority. Um, that's an easy follow. And then I'm uh, at performance Coach underscore Wilmot. But, uh, but feel free to, to follow both. But you'll probably get get one or the other on, uh, on one of them. So, go for
0: it. Beautiful. Thanks, mate. Excellent. Thanks, mate. If you enjoyed this episode and want even more, our academy is for you. The Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content, such q and A Q&A segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, head sports dietitian of the Collingwood Football Club. What are things that that fire you up?
2: Oh, this one is always, uh, I suppose it is, um, it'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I often find that with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be. And then Game, changes.
0: We yeah, like game
2: changes, whatever that might be. And look, it probably keeps me in a job, but that it does drive me insane because yeah. sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes. And, you know, and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary, it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete.
0: For. Yeah, yeah. Another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the Prepare Like a Pro live chat show. Here's an example with academy member Rama Davies, the strength and conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks. Welcome Rama to the chat. Uh, Rama has also worked at, at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us. Awesome. So he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So... I'll handle it over to you ramita to ask your question mate thanks for joining us excellent thanks jack and yeah thanks um thanks sam for the chat it was uh i found it to be really insightful plenty of gems in there um and i enjoyed it a lot um mate, my my question to you was you spoke a, a quite a bit about um, perspective during that chat um and i was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or um, do physically that um, you wish you either knew or did uh, back at the beginning of your career?
3: Uh, what are some of those things? Mm, yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, um, it yeah certainly yeah has been massive for me now, and and didn't probably have that as much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose one thing I might mention is is gratitude. I spend a lot of my time um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts, doing a, a journal every day, just a bit to say what I'm grateful for, sort of three things, and um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to, yeah, like reset and and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about, you know, that there is more to life than football, or you know, might whatever. As an SNC coach, you know, if something's you having a hard time. Um, it can be massive with just, yeah, opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that, in that work bubble. Um, so that's, that's been huge. Um, I think I wish back then when I was younger, I asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things. Mm. I think I was a bit single-minded back then. And, um, you know, I thought there was one way of doing things and, um, if I kind of, didn't have that fear, fear of you know, asking a silly question or fear of judgment, it would have got me a lot further and I probably would have learned a lot quicker. Um, and, yeah. and yeah, like just yeah, being open to sort of different things because um, you never know what you might find. It's just, yeah, there's so many people, like great people out there, knowledgeable people to learn off. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you would
0: like to learn more, then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes. Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review, or even share with your mates. The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.